Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes. I'm with Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm fantastic. This is a very special episode of the HR Happy Hour Show for several reasons. Chiefly because this is the first true video HR Happy Hour Show I think that we've ever done, or perhaps for a long time anyway. I think you're right. And you know what? Um, we've been doing the little shortened versions, the you know, 10 minute videos daily, which is fun. So people are used to seeing us now on a regular basis <laughs> on video, but we've not brought it to the full length show. So who knows, this may be the start of something new, right? Yeah, so let's do a couple of things that we don't normally do on the show that we need to do for this show. So first, if you're watching this show, the video uh, portion of the show or the YouTube version, Hi, everyone on YouTube. Thank you for watching. You will see, in addition to Trish and myself, our guest, Christy Ramos, is with us. Christy is with CSD Works, and I will introduce her properly in a second. And uh, we can't wait to get into conversation with her about what's happening at CSD Works. And you'll also see Amber Simons, who's Christy's interpreter for this video and for the show. And she'll be working hard <laughs> to try to come up with signs for some of the nonsense that I'm certain I will say on the show. But uh, so we have two folks with us, Christy, our guest, Amber Simons, the interpreter. So that's what you're seeing on the video. For folks who are listening to this show on the, on the podcast feed, which is probably most of you, um, you'll, you'll, you'll hear during the show, there'll be some, maybe some more pauses in the show as we're talking with Christy and we're dialoguing and we ask a question and Amber does in the interpreting. Christy answers and we, you know, and Amber will kind of uh, tell us uh, Christy's answers. So there'll be a few more pauses during the course of the show than you normally would hear on the podcast. But don't worry, you, your audio didn't cut out. Everything's fine. And again, we're going to encourage folks who maybe have just picked this up in their audio feed right on Spotify or Stitcher or wherever they listen, really do go, go to our YouTube page. It's just the H3 HR Advisors YouTube page, and there will be a link in the show notes. And watch the video, because I think you'll really appreciate it and enjoy it as well. So I think Trish, that about covers it, right, in terms of just setting so. up what's going to happen in the next few yeah. minutes? Yeah. Okay. I do, uh, as per normal, Trish, I do have a question to ask you. I think I'm going to ask it anyway, and maybe our, our guest, Christy, can weigh in too after okay. you answer. Here's the random question of the day, Trish. Okay. I have heard that you sometimes like to watch old classic TV game shows. I have heard that about you. <laughs> yes. My question is, if you could be a contestant on any game show, past or present, Ooh. which game show would it be? Okay, oh gosh, that's so tough. If it's, if it's a classic show, hmm. I'm going to say card sharks. Okay. I did I not have that one you, down in my research. I was, I was really close to saying match game because that one is a little bit naughty back in the seventies. <laughs> it was always just on the verge of a little naughtiness, but card sharks, because I am really, really good at guessing what the correct percentage of people answered the certain questions are like way better than any contestant they've ever had, I think. And <laughs> And I think I would be really risky. Like when they get to like, you know, they're flipping the cards over and they get to like a 10 and they're like, 
hey, freeze it right there. You know, I'd be like, no, <laughs> we're going. We're going all the way. I would go for it. So all right. I, I don't like know that what about answer. you. What would be your your game show of choice? Yeah, it's a tie for me, Trish. I would either say, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Which I kind of liked that show. And it was so I could, tough. I could possibly defeat a fifth grader. And I also like the one called The Weakest Link. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh. But I like the way at the end when they threw someone off the show, they had this really sassy British announcer and she would say, you are the weakest link, goodbye. And you'd be off on your way. And I loved that part of it too. I forgot about that show. I All bet right. it's on YouTube. Well, there you go. Uh, Trish, Card Sharks, it is for you. The weakest link, I think, for me. Let's welcome our guest who, usually when we do these five-minute intros, our guest is just silently on the, on the phone. Right. And now we get to watch our guest like put up with our nonsense for five <laughs> minutes. So thank you for being so patient, Christy. Our guest today is Christy Ramos. Christy is the director of CSD Works where she manages the overall operational development and management of high quality economic development related services designed to support and guide clients to find secure gainful employment. She identifies opportunities to expand the CSD Works portfolio of products, services, training platforms, and economic development opportunities that address barriers to employment and to business growth. It is our pleasure to welcome Christy to the HR Happy Hour Show. Christy, how are you today? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Thank you for the wonderful intro. It's a great opportunity to be with you guys. As, as you mentioned, my name is Christy Ramos and I am the director of CSC Works. Christy. I must ask you, and it's okay, this is a trick question. Do you have a game show that you think, yeah, that's the one I would be the champion of? You know, I think Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? That's been one of my favorite shows. I feel like I could be able to participate on that. Nice. I love it. Me too. That's, <laughs> that's the one I'd maybe go for. I'd like to see you two battle it out. <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Christy, thank you again for being here. Uh, let's just start off uh, with a simple one. Can you tell us a little bit about CSD Works, uh, how, why it was developed, and, and kind of what it does? And, and let's learn about CSD Works. Sure, awesome. CSD Works is a service program that focuses on the unemployment and underemployment rate for deaf audience. Currently, research shows that the unemployment rate is 3.8%, and the non-workforce is 42%, which is more than half of their hearing counterparts. So there are three factors of the reason why this happens, and they're attributed to the employer's hiring practices, their misconceptions, and there was a third one, and the interpreter missed it because the video cut out. The attitudes. Mm. So the first one is discriminatory hiring practices by companies, whether or not they were doing it intentionally. We notice that oftentimes deaf job candidates or job seekers don't document their hearing loss or their accommodation needs to their potential employers for fear that the company is going to look at them as a burden. 
um, not want to invite them for an interview. So um, if they ask for an accommodation for a job interview, it's, it's actually considered appropriate under the Americans with Disabilities Act, but a lot of us job seekers and candidates are afraid to actually address that kind of request during an interview because oftentimes the interview then gets last minute canceled and we're told that, oh, it's been filled. So that's the reason why CSD Works was set up to try to help deaf job seekers have resources and solutions and then also work with employers. My second common reason or the thing that we've noticed is um, misconceptions and attitudes. Those are high contributing factors for job loss in the deaf community. Deaf candidates are often perceived as too liable to the company. They're gonna be causing undue burden on the business or their need for accommodation. They view deaf candidates maybe as unproductive or unintelligent. There's a lot of misconceptions out there that are totally unfounded. So overall, uh, this is the reason, these are the reasons why we decided to set up CSC Works. Our goal is to be able to provide solutions by working with businesses, motivated companies who are interested in, in establishing a equal playing field for their candidates and for their employees. Maybe on staff meetings, they um, get an interpreter or one-on-one -on -one meetings with their supervisors, those kind of events and trainings. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We, we also offer diverse trainings. Uh, we do those for the businesses and staffs to emphasize the value of having a deaf person at their company and trying to eliminate misperceptions or misconceptions that people have about deaf people and what it, help them understand what it's like to be deaf and help them understand what potential accommodations could be for the deaf person and really how to work best for them in their job situation. We also provide consultation services. Um, we help companies revisit their hiring practices to make sure that their job advertisements and their job descriptions and qualifications aren't actually a barrier to hiring a deaf individual. Great. Thank you so much. You mentioned, you know, some of these challenges and barriers that applicants who are um, unable to hear face. Are you primarily dealing with um, say, job seekers that are coming out of university or high school, or are you targeted more toward people who are already in the workforce who are trying to find employment, or both? Yeah, both. Definitely both groups. And variety of ages as well, different experiential backgrounds, for sure. What would you say is the one thing that a talent acquisition leader, recruiter, or HR professional should be doing if they're not informed about maybe how to go about hiring someone um, that may need these type of accommodations for hearing loss. Is there, um, you mentioned training, are there other things they can be doing 
to really seek out people who would be very skilled other than the fact that they can't hear? Yeah, I think um, if somebody's doing recruiting and talent acquisitions, maybe being willing to get to know the person, learn more about them and their needs, because there is talent out there. There's so much that they could offer to the company. They just need some sort of accommodation provided to them. And the barriers, there wouldn't be that many barriers to succeed in the workplace if they had that accommodation. Trish and, and Christy, this is really interesting for me and also reminds me of some earlier shows we've done on the podcast around uh, expanding opportunities for people in the workforce who maybe um, have had a more difficult time, right? Entering or becoming uh, participants in the workforce for various reasons. And specifically, Trish, I know you remember this show, the one we did with the gentleman from, and I had to look it up on my phone to get the acronym right, but we did a show uh, from a gentleman from uh, an organization called ABVI, right? Yeah. The Association for Blind and Visually Impaired. And honestly, Christy, many of the things you described about some of the barriers and misconceptions and challenges facing deaf or hard of hearing people are very the same ones that he talked about, right, for blind and visually impaired folks. And I'd almost say the same thing uh, around the show we did very recently, Trish, uh, about uh, folks on the autism spectrum, mm -hmm. right, who also face a number of different challenges in the workplace and, and getting a chance in the workplace. And so I think it's super interesting that we're, we're talking about this topic and um, it really resonates for me too, because I'll, I'll share a little personal story, Christy, that I doubt you know about me, which is fine. But a number of years ago, I worked at Rochester Institute of Technology, which I'm sure you're aware has a very uh, significant um, a, a technical. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. For the deaf. And so I was, I also taught there for a while and I had, plenty of deaf or hard of hearing students in my class. And this is maybe a slightly different kind of topic. I wasn't hiring them, they were my students. But I will say I, I, I loved the school and the people were very nice there. But nobody came to me as an instructor and gave me any coaching or recommendations or advice or best practices to make sure I was, I was making an environment where these students you know, had every chance as every other student to be successful at. I had to figure it out on my own and I tried my best, and, uh, but it was hard. I, and I just wonder if, uh, Christy, how you feel about just more general awareness and understanding uh, and what can be done for folks to just become more knowledgeable themselves about some of the issues that you've talked about. Yeah, I think, um, in regards to our current track of what's happening with people with disabilities and what it is that they're facing as far as barriers and types of solutions out there, keep doing research on that. At CSD Works, we have so many different types of resources that are meant to help people in those kinds of situations to deal with deaf people and people who have disabilities, not necessarily deal, but accommodate them and be able to serve them. Um, getting out there and explaining and elaborating on that stuff. There's information on our website. One thing I would do with that information, Christy, is when I think back to being a recruiter myself, I was a, a recruiter for Big Four Public Accounting for many years, both experienced and campus recruiting. 
and then also worked in human resources. And often I would look for training that was available for free or resources to bring into my HR team meetings, um, things like that. So I think for anyone listening or watching this episode, that's a great way would be to go to your website and, and actually incorporate that into their next meeting. Um, I was thinking back, Steve, much like you, I mean, I can think of lots of times where I've hired people that are just differently abled. Um, I think it's, it was just as much my responsibility to teach myself how to ask questions that I might feel like might offend the person. And really it didn't. Um, it was just communicating with that person. I remember I hired someone when I worked in public accounting who was um, quadriplegic. And he was very nervous too. He thought we wouldn't want him because we'd have to make accommodations. And we were like, oh my goodness, no, we'll do, we'll do as much as we can to help you be successful. And he was a little hesitant. So I think it's probably both sides are nervous. Um, the person interviewing doesn't want to feel like they're asking for too much and really you're not. So I think that's the message to, to the person who's being potentially hired is it's okay to ask for what you need. Um, you know, in his case, we were able to provide all sorts of accommodations from just being able to enter the building easily on his own to having a desk that was available for him and, you know, his computer, he could do everything uh, verbally, but he was a tax accountant and he was brilliant. And had we not made those accommodations, it was completely worth it. So I think anyone who's in recruiting or HR who isn't thinking about hiring someone who is unable to hear, unable to see, uh, who is on the autistic spectrum, for example, autism spectrum, um, you're really missing out. You're missing out on a huge portion of talent. And especially now, um, I think it's more important than ever to make sure that you're taking those extra steps because whether you're looking at like a diversity hiring program for your organization and you're, you know, maybe you're thinking about people of color or women or some other category, you should also be thinking about people who are differently abled and what they can add. They might be just what you need to add to your, your workforce um, to make people more engaged, to make people feel more included. And it makes you think about it more, I think. Christy, are you um, hearing from any of the job seekers that you're counseling and, and coaching and working with? What are some of their hesitations about maybe making that ask of what they need? Yeah, a lot of times they are not given the accommodations that they are asked for, or they ask for it, and then suddenly the interview is canceled. Oh, the job's already been filled. Okay. And it's really because they don't want to provide an interpreter. So a lot of that experience, so it comes more from fear from ask, for asking for the accommodation and not wanting the company to think, oh, you're already a burden, even from the moment that we're interviewing you, not realizing that they have so much to contribute to the company and could raise their profits, the company's profit, and have a better reputation for the company. There's also tax write-offs involved. So 
both of them, the company and the person have different perceptions mm -hmm. on the whole thing. <laughs> what are some of the more common accommodations that our listeners could maybe start educating themselves about in order to be more open about it? What are some of the most prevalent things that someone who is um, either hard of hearing or completely deaf that, that would help them doing their work? It does vary. There's a lot of different accommodations, but probably the most typical would be having an American Sign Language interpreter brought in or a captionist. They call it CART, C-A-R-T. Okay. And also there could be an amplified um, assistive hearing device. They might request that. Um, there is a website called Ask Jan, A-S-K-J-A-N. They have a list of all sorts of different accommodations on there. Good. Even if the employer doesn't know what the employee might need and the employee might not know what they need, they can look through the different possible accommodations. Oh, that works for me. Yes, that would be perfect. Can I ask one more related question? I know Steve probably has some questions too. Is this sure. something that the HR team should revisit? So if I make a hire and offer some accommodations and it's going well, is that something that I should, you know, continue to look at like askjan.com, for example, to see if there are new accommodations that I should be offering my employee? Either way, I think the best approach is to ask the employee, is this accommodation working for you? Mm -hmm. What's working? What's not working? How can we make this better? Because the whole point is that we want the employee to be successful in the workplace. More often than not, they'll tell you what's working and what's not if you ask. Trish, I think we need to take just a quick break. We do need to thank our sponsors. We have not done that yet on our show. Um, we do. We do. So I'll, t I'll take the, the reins at that one. Um, this episode of HR Happy Hour is made possible by WorkHuman. And now introducing Mood Tracker, which is a free, modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. And you can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. And let me tell you, Steve Bowes, for H3HR, where there are a grand total of three employees, we signed up for mood tracker today. Oh, right. That's we great. Did. So if you see a little survey coming to your inbox, you're going to have to let me know how your mood is. I have no. some very pointed comments I'd like to make towards management. So I'm, I'm excited. sure you do. No, in all seriousness, I wanted to, I knew we were going to be talking about Mood Tracker and I wanted to see it for myself and not just to, to see a demo or hear about it because that's important too, but I wanted to actually get in there and see how easy it was or difficult to sign up, how easy or difficult it was to create a survey. And I can tell you it was so fast, um, just a few quick steps and I already was you know, in and registered for free had the business registered, and then was able to, I think probably, I didn't time it, but under 30 seconds, 
create a survey to go out um, for, for all of us to sort of contribute what our moods are. So, and there were many options, but uh, so for what that's worth, it was a very, very good, good thing to try out. So I encourage all of our listeners and viewers to do that. Um, we are also, as, as hopefully everyone knows, we are sponsored and, um, and very grateful to Paychecks. And they are leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Paychecks also hosts podcasts that our audience may find interesting. They have the HR Leadership Series, which provides insights around the latest trends in our profession, and it features a variety of expert guests and influencers, including us. <laughs> so uh, we definitely encourage people to go listen to the Paychecks podcast, uh, the Leadership Series. It was really fun, and you know, it's um, it's always good to be on other podcasts to have us being asked the questions, which was really fun. So I hope people check that out. Um, their business series features conversations with business owners and paychecks experts around issues of the day, including the challenges businesses are facing during the current pandemic. So you can listen and subscribe at paychecks.com slash podcasts or look for them on your favorite podcast app. So again, I think that's also important because the thing about paychecks is um, I found they're very, very close to their customers and they really do listen to, to what their, their customers are saying. And so being able to then share that back out with the rest of us is really valuable just to hear how businesses are handling the pandemic. Great, great. Thank you uh, to them and thank you, Trish. Christy, I wanna ask a very direct question. How do employers typically engage with CSD Works? How does it work? How do they get started? And if you'd like to share specific examples of companies you work with now, that's great. Or if you'd rather talk more generally about how organizations work with CSD Works, that's okay too. I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, I'll talk about more in general um, since we didn't ask permission from certain companies to share their name. But most oftentimes we're reached out to by from companies they express the interest in the services that um, we provide. They let us know that they already have a deaf employee working at their company. And generally, they're more interested in taking ASL classes because they've noticed that as their employees learn sign, they're likely to communicate more often with that deaf employee. It's a lot of um, morale boosting. Also, it's amazing seeing people take those ASL classes and at the company and then it kind of spreads throughout the company. What, I wanna take an ASL class too. So that's really great. And then for those who um, see the value in having deaf people work at their company and want to hire more, they ask like where they could find them, how to get them. We also um, do advertising, um, partner with different companies to try to get them the best talent. Uh, we edit job descriptions to make sure that it's not specific to their hearing ability. And then we, we promote within our community and our social media channels because we've got a lot of different deaf people out there with different talents throughout the United States and the world really. So we advertise that, we reach out to people, we do screenings and 
Then when we find the best top candidates, we connect them with those companies. And then we arrange the accommodations for them both mm. and guide them through the accommodation and how that will work for the employee after they've hired the employee. And then we've noticed that things really work very well when we work together because we know the deaf community the best. We're the experts in the deaf community and then we can share that with the employers. They tell us what their needs are and we help them out with that. I think it's really important it's because it does sound like you remain involved even after someone gets placed at a company in case there are any ongoing issues or additional support needed. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Good. One thing that really brought um, CSD and what you're doing there to our attention was I know you had a virtual job fair at the beginning of May and we weren't able to get you on that quickly but I would love for you to tell our listeners about the job fair, how that went. And was that your first time doing that, a virtual job fair? It was. It, uh, it was my vision. I wanted to do this program. And my vision actually was to do it on site. Um, I wanted to do an expo, but then COVID-19 changed the landscape. We didn't want to cancel the whole thing. So we thought, well, what are the other options? And then thought, well, let's do it virtually. I believe that this was the first of its kind in the nation, specifically providing full access to deaf and hard of hearing job seekers. The cool thing about this job expo was it was completely accessible. We had ASL interpreters, we had voice interpreters, we had captionists, everything was there. And the event was really to elevate employment opportunities and their efforts to be inclusive and diverse workspaces. So we would provide, we provided job training for deaf and hard of hearing job seekers, um, you know, on how to look for a job, how to boost their confidence in looking for a job. If they had already been in interviewing and then not got the job, that kind of thing different things also for employers in addressing employers for accommodations. We got a lot, a lot of positive feedback from both the employers and the job seekers saying that they love the event. There was about 90% of our attendees who had never been to a virtual career fair, career expo, not because they hadn't heard of it, but because most of the time they're not accessible for deaf or hard of hearing job seekers. So um, it's usually text-based or audio-based, and it makes it so that the deaf person or hard-of-hearing person isn't really able to converse or participate with the information or the employers. I had people tell me that they had never felt so included or inclusive about a, a job something ever in their life as a job, as a deaf person until this. Mm -hmm. So that really like oh made my heart so happy okay yes this feeling always of being constantly excluded at events is not a good feeling and so for somebody to be like this is the first time i've ever actually felt included at an event was like oh oh so worth it trish i just have one more question i would like to ask christy and it, it it's kind of a follow-up uh to some of the discussion around the virtual career fair 
CSD Works and yourself obviously used uh, technology and provided, uh, ensured that there was accessibility for your community, right? Because you knew how to do it, you knew to think of it, you knew what forms of accommodation would be necessary. So many other events and so many other technologies don't make those kinds of accommodations either because they can't or it's too much, too much difficulty or it might be too expensive. And my question then is, is this, in this era now where we're all or many of us are working remotely, doing all these video calls, all these Zooms, many, many organizations who are fortunate enough to be hiring have had to use even more technology in the hiring process because they can't do in-person interviewing, say, or screening. I'm just wondering, are you noticing or hearing from your community that there are more challenges now are, are, are being revealed because we're relying on even more technology to do many of the things that we'd like to do in person? And I wonder if that's something you're noticing or, or your folks at CS, CSD Works are noticing. Actually, the event was a lot easier to provide accommodations than I was expecting, than I was foreseeing. Um, Zoom, it, obviously we can see the interpreter here, right? Mm -hmm. And we're both in our offices uh, away, but we see each other on the same screen and we're able to communicate clearly. I think that that's a really nice thing for any company really to consider if you're hosting a virtual career fair or expo or anything like that. You can add an interpreter very easily. You can also add a captionist on Zoom. There's a feature for adding a caption. Mm -hmm. So you get you hire a captionist, and then you, that that accommodation can all just be on one screen. It's very easily accessible. I encourage people, um, job sorry, job seekers, employers, to look into that kind of stuff. One thing, Trish, I made a note. I'm going to check this out because I, I honestly don't know. There are so many tools in our industry for em employers to conduct video interviewing, mm -hmm. sometimes live interviews, sometimes pre-recorded. I must tell you, Trish, I'm not sure that some of them, none of them, or all of them support uh, deaf or hard of hearing applicants. I have no idea. And I, I wrote down a note that I'm going to find oh, out. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you from my prior experience, most of my interviews, my job interviews tend to be on the phone. And we have something um, I call Sorensen. It's, it's an app and you can just dial on the phone. Uh, an employer can call me and interpreter will pop up on my screen. I see the interpreter's face signing um, much like Amber is right now. Mm. And then the interpreter will then interpret what it is that I'm signing back. So that's how a phone interview could happen. That's been my experience most of the time. It's been pretty effective for me. Others do prefer to do Zoom because it's really nice to be able to see the person who you're speaking with and their face and their facial expressions and how it is that they're responding to. Yeah, I agree. I think that there are certainly tools out there that have built in certain features that make accommodations, but I don't know of any that make probably the full accommodations that would actually make it as easy it would be if you were a person who can see, hear, 
you know, all of the different things. And um, so this is a wake up call. I have mm -hmm. to admit, even thinking about this where, you know, we've not really realized that we're recording a podcast and it makes it very difficult for anyone who is unable to hear that to participate. And so we're, we are being unintentionally, um, you know, exclusion, excluding a, a large number of people from participating. So I think too, some of the organizations, it, it's not that they find it too expensive or too difficult. It's they really might not even be thinking about it, which I'm hoping something like this brings awareness to. Please think about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for us to be able to do this, this podcast in this way, it, it was very easy for us to just organize our work a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, uh, as Christy pointed out, if you're on Zoom, you can absolutely have captions. So when this actually posts, it will have full captions. People can see us, they can read it as we go along, and then have Amber there uh, with the interpreter, you know, uh, giving everyone kind of the play-by-play, -play, which is good. So um, it's- I didn't even- I didn't even have to shave. It was so easy, like I normally <laughs> don't. There you, there you go. go. There you go. And, you know, just one other thing to keep in mind, when you create an accommodation and try to make something accessible, it doesn't necessarily fit all kinds of people. If somebody might have just a minor hearing loss, mm -hmm. their accommodation would be probably different. Maybe they just need captions to understand what's going on. So accommodations are definitely different for everybody. Yeah, I will say too, I think that as many of us, you know, with the sort of baby boomers getting older, you know, um, our parents' generation, and there's a large number of them, you know, even, even dealing just in everyday things with my parents who are a little bit hard of hearing, putting captions on the TV. I mean, these things are becoming much more mainstream too, just with the number of people that have hearing loss of, of any degree. And so I'm hopeful that maybe just as we become more aware um, as leaders of, of our own family's needs, that that will hopefully help also translate into the business world as well. This has been super, super fun and interesting. I've loved it. And I, I do want to reiterate something Christy said right at the top of the show. I also did a little bit of research on employment uh, in the deaf and hard of hearing community. And this is, prior to the pandemic, and we know a lot of numbers have changed, but the gap in employment percentage, as Christy said, uh, between hearing folks and deaf and hard, and hard of hearing folks was about 23%. That was the gap, right? It, and honestly, there's no reason for that gap to exist, right? It, it, there's no compelling reason at all for it to exist other than, in my opinion, we're just not trying hard enough and we're not uh, thinking about these folks enough and and making small, honestly, small, reasonable, and and completely simple for the most part accommodation. So um, I love what you're doing, Christy, at CSD Works, and I absolutely will encourage everybody, all the HR people, all the employers who listen to the show to to uh, learn more at and the website is csdworks.com. Of course, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, Christy, is there anything else you'd like us to mention um, before we let you go? We've taken up a lot of your time today, so thank you in advance for that. Oh, so fun. One last thing that I did want to say is, 
it's important to operate diversely in the workplace, especially with hiring deaf and hard of hearing people. They bring a completely new perspective and it's really an opportunity to enrich your workplace culture. They can be an asset to your business as well as contributing to the success of the company overall. Thank you so much for that. I agree. I think that when we think about our customer base, our customer base is made up of many who are either deaf or hard of hearing. And so our employee base should be similarly designed so that it makes our customers more comfortable as well. You know, these, these are, I don't think of an accommodation as something extra you have to do. Think of it as just good business. This is mm -hmm. just the sort of the normal business practices that really make you a success with your customers and with your employees. Yeah, well said. Okay, I think we are done for today. This has been really fun to do thank our you, first. Thank you both so much for having me. I have really, really enjoyed this. We did too, our, our first video HR happy hour podcast. Trish, I wonder if we'll do this again. We must I think we will. consider it. <laughs> I think we will. I think that Christy has uh, set off a whole new side of our business. So <laughs> thank you, Christy, for making us more aware of the way that we do our show. We You're are so welcome. And thank you to Amber. It is a pleasure to get to work with you and to learn more about how it is that you support people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Yep, absolutely. You made it very easy. Okay, so with all that said, we have to, of course, thank our sponsors, Work Human and Paychex. Many thanks to them. They're fantastic uh, and been with us uh, for a while now uh, in 2020. Uh, and again, thanks to Christy and to Amber. Trish, uh, I'll, I'll sign us out then. Okay, sounds good. You'll get good. to see me do the big finale sign-off okay. in person. So here it goes. <laughs> for Trish McFarlane, my name is Steve Bowes. Thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time. And bye for now.